Hello all, and welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callen. And the Strategic Whimsy Experiment is a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about the films that shape our lives. Today, we are going to be reviewing the newly released Lin-Manuel Miranda musical that has been turned into a film, In the Heights. All right, Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary for In the Heights? Yes. A film version of the Broadway musical in which Usnavi, a sympathetic New York bodega owner, saves every penny every day as he imagines and sings about a better life. Okay. So let's dive into our one-sentence summaries for In the Heights. All right. Mine is Lin-Manuel Miranda is the hero this country needs. Nice. (laughs) I love it. Mine is also Lin-Manuel Miranda focused, (laughs) unsurprisingly. Um, My summary is Lin-Manuel's Miranda's ability to entertain and communicate key social issues strikes again. (laughs) Indeed it does. Yes. It's always a gem when art is able to do that. I'm just always so pleased whenever that is able to happen in a film. It's great. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's start off with initial thoughts on In the Heights. Yeah, I think um, this is, it it felt kind of like how Hamilton felt last year. Like, I feel like last year when Hamilton came out, it was just this communal event. A lot of people saw it. A lot of people were talking about it. And it was just a a dose of joy that we needed. And I feel that way about In the Heights as well. You know, 2021 looks different for many people than 2020 did, but there's still this like, lethargy in uh I don't know in all of us and Mm -hmm. so there were just moments when I'm watching this where I just had a big smile on my face just sitting alone in my apartment (laughs) watching in the heights and you know it's been a while since a movie was able to create that much infectious joy and Mm -hmm. so like I I enjoyed the movie I love how it was able to really capture the magic of musical theater. Um, I I do have a few qualms about it. There are some issues that I have that I'm sure that we'll talk about. But on the whole, this just felt like a celebration. And um, after so much difficulty, so much heartache, so much tragedy, it just felt good to have a celebration of pure infectious joy. And so it's it's great. I have qualms, but they pale in comparison to just the joy that is in the Heights. I love it. Indeed. One of my summary options that I had originally wrote, the one that came to mind immediately was the summer romp we needed. It just is the timing of the release of this is also just so perfect too. Um, a lot of people are really being able to like get together with their communities again and just dance and play music and share food together. And yeah, there was a lot of really positive energy in this. Um, Sarah, you know this already. I'm not a huge musical fan. Yes. But I think one of the things that musicals do really well is there's this like optimism and this sentimental um, rosiness in musicals that I can appreciate. Um, it's also some of the reasons that I'm not a fan of musicals because I think sometimes they can just not not be as nuanced in their storytelling and exploration of of um, 
characters as much as other mediums. Um, but this one woven so much around these really big social challenges and social issues in our systems and our governments and cycles of poverty and, and immigration. Like there's so much that's woven into this film while still being really fun and entertaining and a really good time. And that's challenging to do. Uh, so I always appreciate when that, when that occurs. Um, there's some interesting just uh, critiques of this film that I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, ones that I, conversations that I just didn't expect that this film would, would raise before watching the film. Um, and so I'm sure we'll dive into some of that too, but the way that Lin-Manuel Miranda has handled some of that, um, I respect a lot. And, uh, I think that I too have qualms with this. Um, there's some parts that didn't work for me, but on the whole, it's a good time. It tackles some really big, important issues um, while still being entertaining, and I applaud it for that. So, yeah, overall, pretty solid. Um, and then I'm sure we'll talk about all the other different pieces and components of it. Yeah, it's it's really fun when you can see art being used to actually shine a light on on some of these issues. Yeah. Um, so like the whole thread about about dreamers and and DACA and I I know that I've heard things in the news about it but that part of the storyline like made me after the movie was over like go and research that more because I realized that I was thoroughly uninformed about where that stood and and what was going on with that and even you know what it means for the dreamers and the steps that they have to take in order to you know be able to get a license or go to college mm -hmm. or these different things. So even in that, like it was so helpful for me to, you know, from this joyous musical event to actually go and learn something about where we are as a society. And it's like, wow, we still have so much work to do in regards to this. So I just, I appreciated that it was in there and it wasn't too preachy. It wasn't too in your face, but it was enough for you to go, maybe I actually don't know enough about this. Let me, let me learn some more and then, you know, take action from there. And it felt authentic to the characters as well. Yes. And it was woven into some of these like overarching themes about dreams in general, which everyone uh, can, can connect with and relate to. And so you're right. It felt natural and woven in smoothly instead of this like forced extra thing that we're going to tack on some of the dynamics that the characters have with their families, like Nina's dynamic with her father and him wanting to sacrifice to provide financially for her to have this, this education at this well-renowned institution and some of the guilt that she also carries and like that weight that she carries is, is so relatable as well. And um, Vanessa's desire to uh, make it in the fashion world, like we, they're, all of the characters have um, a lot of dimension and each character has its own story and, and a given enough time. And that's hard to do with, I think there's like at least five or six uh, characters that we spend a lot of time with and it's done so efficiently in this uh, two hour and a half long film to spend that much time with and to get us to care about so many different characters 
usually a film is successful if we can get to care about like the main character that we're following. So I thought that was quite effective. Okay, so you brought up Vanessa. How did you feel about her? Because I I thought that she was the weakest character and Mm -hmm. the weakest performance of the main four. She wasn't bad by any stroke of the imagination. She did a very good job in that role. But compared to like Anthony Ramos and the others, like she just wasn't as good. But her character was also, in my opinion, the weakest. And even though like there was this like fashion designer thing, I didn't care at all about any of that. (laughs) I was like, I just, I, I know that I'm supposed to care for you. And especially because Usnavi cares for you. Um, but I don't. <laughs> so I really struggled with her. She was the most thin character. Or just we've seen that type of character and that archetype in other um, films. Like Sarah Jessica Parker and Sex and the City. Like we've seen a version of that in in many other iterations. But the parts where she sings about just feeling really discouraged and feeling like this dream was potentially too big for her or too daunting. Um, I feel like that was relatable. Like she, she dreams big and uh, the moments where she questions and doubts her own abilities and um, Usnavi is able to kind of like reaffirm, like you have this creative spirit, like continue to lean into it. Um, I thought those were great, but uh, on the whole, out of the entire cast, I would agree. She was the one that I just connected the least with. I connected most with Nina. Yeah, yeah, me too. And especially like, you know, Nina being in that like awkward in between and, you know, experiencing that that institutionalized racism, wanting to give up and then realizing like, no, she needs to go back and like fight for other people like Sunny. Like that I loved. I was like, yes, 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 yes. But we don't get to see any more of her. You know, like she, she has this moment of, yes, I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to fight. And then she has her little moment with Benny, which was really cool the way it was filmed. But we don't learn any more about her story. And I was so bummed about that because she was the one that I connected to the most. And like her, I just, I love the macro of it. You know, I'm going to do this thing so that I can make the world better for someone else. Of course, the others are doing that as well. But I don't know. I just, I was bummed that we didn't get to see what happened with her and that the whole story kind of turned to focus on Usnavi and Vanessa. Yeah, I think I would argue too that she has the biggest transformation in her story arc compared to any of the other characters. That's one of the qualms that I had with the characters. While as individuals, they had a lot of really great dimensions and backstories and we learn about those. Over the course of the film, I don't feel like they're pushed and transformed and changed as much as I probably would have expected. So the film kind of loses a little bit of momentum for me. But Nina's the exception where she experiences a a large transformation. And it's not one where it's expressed in an outward way, but it's her perspective shift. She used to see Stanford and going away and and leaving her community as her abandoning her home. And there's like so many moments where she's like, I just want to hear my neighborhood. And there's this affection that you see um, for her community, but she's able to then reframe Stanford and this education and whatnot as a way to 
come home and serve and to give and to invest even more in her community with these new skill sets that she's gained. And that's, that's powerful. I feel like a lot of like our own transformations as individuals are not as outwardly expressed the, the way we sometimes see in films, but it's those like perspective shifts that change everything. And uh, I love that the, that we get to see that journey with her. Um, you're, you're right. It, it is cut short, but even that perspective shift was, was thrilling to see her like have that realization. Oh yeah. And I, I love that that's in there. Like, I feel like, um, you know, millennials and younger, like I know I have a lot of these types of conversations with friends where we look at something and we see how it's always been done. And we're like, no, we can do better for the next generation. And I feel like that's such a theme in this musical. Like everything that they did was not only for, it wasn't for them. It was for their family or their community or those coming after them. And I just, I appreciated this concept of of legacy and how can we do things for others and how can we make the world better, even if I only own this small corner? How can I make this the best that I can for those coming after me? And so I just, ah, it's just so fun when something that is a normal conversation in my life ends up in a musical. I thought that that was really nice to see. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And I think that like uh that that theme of dreams throughout this film um was was that dose of like optimism and and wide-eyedness and um just that like that that ability to um, pursue and and hold on to those dreams was was one that I think would have only worked in a musical for me potentially. Um, I don't. I feel like if it was set in another context or another type of genre, it would have to be <laughs> very differently executed. But um, there's so much cynicism right now in our in our mm-hmm. climate. Yeah, um, and I had for I, I think I just had forgotten that that like that clinging on to and that persistence with if we believe that we can make a change and we f- we figure out how to begin to move in that direction that is that is enough and that is worth celebrating that's worth holding on to and um it was really beautiful to see the way that this community also like it's not just one person trying to believe in their dream on their own because inevitably there are so many forces that uh, can become discouraging or feel daunting, or we kind of, we just can lose our way sometimes. And um, the way that this community together is holding on to and pursuing their dreams, their individual dreams and their collective dreams. was just like so beautiful to see and just such a, a reminder of that, that I feel like I needed. And I love that there was this constant encouragement from sometimes the most unlikely of places. And I feel like in, in, you know, the American dream, the, the myth that we have created here in America is like, you pull yourself up by your, your own bootstraps, like self-made man or woman. Like it's, it's this idea that I need to do it. And 
we see in this that that's not actually how it works. We do need other people. We need those people to encourage us when we get distracted. Like I love it when uh, Daniela was moving and she's like, wait, where is everybody? And they're just, they're, they're hot and there's no electric and they're, yeah. it sucks. It's hot here in Texas. It really sucks when it's hot. And she's just like, no, we're going to get up. This is not who you are. And just makes everybody rise up. And we need those people in our lives. So mm -hmm. that portrayal of community and, and that encouragement is so, so needed and so important for us. Yeah, completely agree. And even in that final scene, I guess, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen In the Heights, you should see it. It's on. Yes. Um, <laughs> Go watch it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, but even in that final scene, when um, Usnavi's dream is redefined for him, uh, it's he, he's kind of clung on to this version of his dream, which is to. Um, go and fix up his father's uh, beach bar and go back to the Dominican Republic. You see the way that's redefined for himself, but even that comes from inspiration from um, the graffiti painter, from from Vanessa and from Sunny. And and I I, I find that in like thinking back to. Uh, moments where that happens for me, where things just are kind of shifted or redefined, or um, I'm running down this path and I realize, like, oh, I could, I should pivot, and that's actually more aligned to what my desires were. It's often in conversations with other people um, or talking through something. So, yeah, the the way that this film, this musical just like celebrates community is really beautiful. The interconnectedness of all of these storylines themselves um, just showcases a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I loved it. And I, I, I even love that throughout the film, you, you know, that, that subject of dream is throughout. Everybody has a dream. Everybody has a goal. And I love that there was, there was this one moment where Usnavi is talking about his dream and then it cuts to Sunny at the protest. And I just, mm. I love that we can see that a dream isn't necessarily a thing. Sometimes a dream is a person. And like just that, that reframing happened there. And I thought that that was so powerful. And then, like you said, at the end, there's another reframing of, of the dream. And so I think, again, it's like this mythology that your dream has to be, you know, something that you're going to do or you're going to accomplish or you're going to build or whatever. Like, no, it doesn't have to be that. It can be something different. It can be, you know, even what are you going to pour into a person or how are you going to fight for another person? Or, you know, it could just be a small store. It doesn't have to be like this huge franchise chain. So that that reframing is is so, so valuable. Because like you said, we can get caught up in, this is my direction. This is what I'm going to do. And uh, nope, that's not always the best. So that reframing was so good throughout. Yeah. And there's usually something about our original versions of our dreams or our hopes or desires that is that is like the core of it. Like for um, Usnavi, it's this concept of home and the fact that his, his best memories, as he said, were there. And he reframes that as like, it's now here. Um, that concept of home and family is, I think, the root of what 
he had constructed that like the tactical piece behind it, which is going back to the Dominican Republic and carrying on his father's legacy. And that core is still there in his, his newly redefined version of his dream. Um, it's just tactically reframed in a different way. Um, and sometimes like we can be so fixated on what the actual details of the version that we originally thought up was that it can distract us from like, what is the actual core and the root of it? And I think in that final scene with when he sees Vanessa, when he sees Sonny, when he sees the way that the, the graffiti p- painter has created this, this mural of his father's beach, it, it it's that aha moment for him um, where he sees like the core of it is family and people that he chooses to love and invest in. And for right now, that's here in his um, store and in his corner in this neighborhood. And it's cool to see the way that there's like these underlying threads that are at the core of it and how that actually looks can can be different and can look different. And there may be many iterations of that um, 10 years later for him. Who, who, who knows? But those core values and those core um, desires are still there, just manifested a little bit differently tactically. Mm-hmm. And that, that shift from, you know, the, the best days of my life were in the Dominican with my dad and that, that shift to, nope, the best days of my life are still ahead. So again, you can see that theme of, you know, oh man, I, I miss my father. That was my best, but now shifting to, nope, I'm going to create the best days of my life with my family was just, it was so, so sweet. And, you know, I I feel like so much of this, this musical is, is that passing on, like, let's, let's look toward the future. Let's, let's keep going. You know, the past is important, but let's use it to build upon it and move forward. And we see that a little bit in all of the characters. Yes, we see that so much with uh, Abuela Claudia. Oh my gosh, I loved every part of her story and the way that it intertwines with everyone else. Yeah, I just, oh, Abuela Claudia, she's just the best. I, I loved her. She's such an anchor in this. And I, I love that idea of she is the one that brings everybody together. And um, is constantly passing on stories. And like after, after the movie was over, I was just kind of sitting and reflecting. And like, I think one of the things that I regret in my life is not asking my grandma more questions when she was alive. Cause she, mm-hmm. she had lived a lot, yeah. but I never took the time to just sit and listen to her stories and like learn from her experiences. So it was just so cool to see how, um, Abuela Claudia was just constantly sharing those stories. And she was, she was constantly passing down that information so that these stories and these people, they wouldn't die, but that they would continue to live on in, mm-hmm. in the community and in the neighborhood. And, oh, she's just, she's such a gem. I loved yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. Just this, this beautiful figure in this community. And I, I, I think she has such a strong presence for so much of the film. And I was so pleased to see that she had a dedicated song and a, a time to tell her story. Um, I think it just is like the perfect representation of what this film is all about. Because they could have 
they could have kept that out and focused on some other part of the story. Um, and I think Abuela Claudia still would have been such an important presence, but the time they gave her to tell her story and um, just like all of the the hardships and, and hurdles she faced. And, and I love that we get that moment right before she passes. Cause I think it, it, it weaves into the following scenes of um, everyone in the community coming together to celebrate her journey. It just, it, it wove that together so well. I think timing wise, that was, that was the right time. Yes. And I, I loved the way that they portrayed her passing and the way that they portrayed her story too. It was so creative because you, you know, on the, on the subway train and you can see, um, the, the struggle, but also the joy and the the determination and the grit, but also the beauty. And I, that's one of those scenes that I just want to watch over and over and over again, because it's so intricate and every, every movement means so much. And, oh, I just loved it. But it's also such an interesting look at death. And I, I feel like every time a character dies in a movie, I want to talk about grief and loss, but here we go. I'm going to talk about it again. But like, we don't, we don't talk about grief and loss and death enough. I don't think we're not always prepared um, for that. And obviously like it's yeah. always sorrowful. The loss is always hard, but you know, the endings as heartbreaking as they are, there's also some beauty in them. And I love that we got to see that with her, that this is just, it's just part of her journey. And she lives on in the memory of, of this whole community. And it was just so beautiful. Yeah. There's a scene, there's a, a cut and a shot in that final climax scene when Usnavi finally has the revelation of like redefining his dream. And it cuts to specifically this part of the wall that is dedicated to um, Abuela Claudia. And I feel like that is perhaps one of the significant factors for him having that revelation. He's seen the way that she has invested and loved in and poured into this community. And he, he, he kind of brings on and carries on that legacy and that that desire and that dream from Abuela Claudia. Um, so I love that that was woven in. Like she, even after her death, you see little pieces of her still, still that presence is there. Um, when Nina opens up and finds the napkins um, that we saw Abuela talk about in a previous scene around like the intentionality of uh, creating beauty, even in these smaller places, and even for people who don't have a lot, like those little moments, um, I think reflect the way that we as people also experience or honor those that have passed. It's those those like moments where you're like, oh, that reminds me of a thing that this person said, or um, it's a moment where like that memory with them of a conversation you had, or. Um, something that they embody just like kind of strikes you in these like small random little moments. Uh, so I love the way that we got to see her legacy still play out even after she, her character was no longer on screen. Okay. So there's so much great things about Abuela Claudia. Can we talk about one of the things that really, really bothered me? <laughs> oh, let's hear it. So, and it has nothing to do with, Abuela Claudia. She was perfect. But 
we have this like really beautiful moment of her passing. Then everybody comes together to honor her. And it's this heightened emotional moment. And we feel the weight of it. And then we cut to Usnavi and Vanessa. And Vanessa is upset about something regarding fashion. And I was like, you just took me from this intense emotional moment with this character that I cared so much about. And then we go to the weakest character in the whole thing, complaining about something. Obviously, what she's going through is important to her. That's great. But <laughs> it was such a an intense, like, emotional shift. Mm. I was like, oh, I needed, I needed something between those two. Because it ended up when she was talking where I was just like, I don't care about your problems. Like, I'm still mm-hmm. thinking about Abuela Claudia because she was more important to me than you. So that was one of those, like, I wish that there had been a little something in there to transition us away from Abuela Claudia's death so that I wouldn't be as annoyed with Vanessa <laughs> when Is she's Is it bad that I don't even remember that scene with Vanessa? You know I don't what? I remember what she it's, was complaining It's about. probably good. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like, something about... I, I don't even remember what it was. I just remember her and Usnavi talking and I was like, I don't care. I I don't care about whatever your problem is. Nope. I'm no, this is not important. <laughs> <sighs> well, okay, one of the other moments with Vanessa that irked me was when she gets mad at him for abandoning her at <laughs> yeah. the club. I'm like, I'm sorry, it was a blackout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what yeah. did you what? I and think then she's is... like, you dancing with the other girl. I'm like, yeah. girl, you dance with like six other <laughs> So I'm just saying. Also, he's shy and awkward because he respects you and loves you so much. Like, shouldn't you find that endearing? Like, sorry he's not all up, all over you. This okay. is, this this is, is one of those. Rant. No, I'm going to keep the rant going. So please okay. join me. This <laughs> is one of those like, I we all know I struggle with rom-coms. I don't like them. I don't support them. They're toxic relationships most of the time. Why do we watch these things? And so while I was watching Vanessa and Usnavi, I kept thinking, like, y'all really need to work on communication. Like, this is a serious (laughs) problem. Like, I can see, like, y'all are not, like, super dysfunctional. And I can see how you guys could work together. But we have to work on communication. Like, Mm -hmm. you need to be able to understand what you're feeling and express it uh in an appropriate way rather than you abandoned me so i'm going to walk home by myself in the dark also when that happened nina was supposed to stay with usnavi because benny was going to be the hero which good job benny we love you what happened to nina cuz like usnavi <laughs> goes after vanessa and he ditches nina that just it was a whole mess. I was like, none of y'all are doing what you need to be doing other than Benny, who is saving the day. The rest of y'all Benny are Benny was so endearing. Oh, <laughs> he was okay. The best. Everything about the Nina and Benny relationship is like amazing. And I'm sorry, but Vanessa and I don't remember her character, her the actress name, Melissa, Melissa Barrera and Anthony Ramos. I just didn't think there was a lot of on-screen chemistry there either. Yeah, me neither. So, it was a hard sell. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Especially when you have Nina and Benny and they have such a connection. They're also both such endearing characters. Like Mm -hmm. I was rooting for them. I loved both of them from the first minute that we saw them. And so it was hard like to go to this other romance that is awkward and 
Yeah. I just, I didn't care about Usnavi and Vanessa. And I thought that Usnavi could do better than her. So I was like, why are you showing me this? When we got a real good couple over here, they're able to communicate with one another. They're supporting one another. They're both doing the best that they can with what they have. Like there was a lot of good there and they were not the focus. (laughs) And Anthony Ramos is so endearing. When he's got this yeah. little crush and da da da, and yeah. to your point, it's like that would have worked so well had we been rooting for him to end up with her. I was not rooting for him to end up with her. Oh, me neither. <laughs> Which is not the goal. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I also love about um, Benny and Nina's relationship that it subverts the traditional gender roles that we typically see, which is that the woman is supporting the man and his dreams. And I love that we see the switch of that, which is that Nina's going off and doing all these things. She's expressing her hopes and dreams and her desires. And in a lot of ways, Benny is really playing that supportive role. I'm sure he had, there's a lot more to his character, but as far as what we get to see on screen, it's a lot of Nina's desires and um, her ambitions. And I love that. That was that was pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he's not, intimidated by her intelligence and um that's just that's rare to see like we we don't often see that on screen and it's also rare you know in real life so it just shows the quality of of Benny's character and I mean it also doesn't hurt that he's a phenomenal singer and he has some great songs and Mm -hmm. I, I just feel like it's one of those like from the moment that we meet him, he has such a magnetic personality. Yeah. It's like, yes, yes, you're you're my favorite. I, I don't care what you do. You're great. <laughs> so it was just wonderful to spend more time with him. Like, that's what I wanted. It's like, can we and he just maybe cut Vanessa and have him? Respect. <laughs> yeah. Like, hello, there's a blackout. And he is wanting yes. to make sure that people can navigate in the dark. And he goes and he like figures out how to set up the generator and connect it in. Like, yeah, the sense of duty and responsibility he has is respectful. And especially like after, because that was after Nina had that tiff with her dad. And so like Benny didn't know that he, if he had a job after this. Yeah. And he was still like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm still going to do my duty, even if this doesn't lead to anything. Like, oh my gosh, quality of character right there. Excellent. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. Okay. One of the things that um, this film has been criticized for, and there's a lot of conversation happening around this, and it's one that I just didn't expect this conversation to come up for this movie, for this musical. And it's the, the colorism that is uh, exemplified in the casting choices and the fact that Washington Heights is a largely Dominican population, but that the black Latinx community isn't represented on screen. A lot of the, the black actors or actresses are either just in the background or they're dancers and they honestly don't have very many lines. And a lot of other folks that have like come from that neighborhood and from this community have mentioned that there's some parts of this that just don't feel authentic. And man, I think it just, it's, it's a conversation from, and a, and a, 
a topic that I, I just didn't expect that this film would raise. There's so much in this film that celebrates the the mosaic and the multifaceted nature of Latin cultures and the immigrant story. And I, I appreciate that people are still, you know, like making sure that the art that we create is authentic and reflective of the communities. And I think this is the same challenge that I've talked about in the past with films about the Asian American story, which is that there aren't many data points. So when there is one, I can I can really understand that people really want this to feel reflective of their experiences. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on all that. I uh, jotted down uh, kind of Lin-Manuel Miranda's response to a lot of the criticism that was faced and um, wanted to read that really quickly because I just appreciate the way that he balances both um, just being excited that this film was created and exists, but also really being open and listening and hearing people's opinions and thoughts. He says, in trying to paint a mosaic of this community, we fell short. I'm truly sorry. I'm learning from the feedback. I thank you for raising it and I'm listening. I'm trying to hold space for both the incredible pride and in the movie we made and to be accountable for our shortcomings, which I just feel like was a really graceful response to really being open and listening and hearing people's feedback as a creator, um, but also not just dismissing the time and effort that everyone on his team has put into creating this this work of art. So I'm curious your thoughts on on all all that. Yeah, I that that's been fascinating to me too. And I think especially like while I was I was watching I I loved seeing the diversity um, because you do you have people from from all over from the Dominican from Cuba from these different areas and they all bring their their beautiful culture into this space and we see reflections of of these different different cultures in in the way that people dance and in their accents and you know some of the ways that they 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 express themselves and I just I loved that um, and so I think that that's definitely something worth celebrating but I think that this is this is where we are with a lot of things in our society right now like yes let's celebrate it but let's also acknowledge that there's still more work to do and I feel like that's exactly what's happening like this this movie is phenomenal in the way that it portrays some things, but it didn't get everything right. So it's just mm -hmm. another reason to to keep going. We need more creators who have different lived experiences, who come from different parts of the, the world, of the country, and just, we're just going to continue to get better, I hope. We, I mean, mm -hmm. we can really only get better. I don't know that we can get much worse from where we came from. So, <laughs> But I just I love also that we're we're in a place where more people can raise their voice. Like mm -hmm. as much as I shit on social media and I do a lot, I love that it also provides people a platform to say, hey, you did a thing. But look, it also needed these things. And we it's just something new that we haven't had before. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool to see people raising their voices and saying, hey we can do better. And so I, I love that Lin-Manuel Miranda was able to take that feedback so yeah. graciously. And he's mm -hmm. one that I, I trust 
to actually do better, you know? So I'm, I'm excited to see what he continues to create, but I'm also excited to see as more people are able to raise their voice, um, what kind of art will be created in the coming years. Agreed. And I, I think that the, the cancel culture trend is detrimental. And I think there's a, a distinction with like calling out the flaws that still exist and the opportunities and gaps that still exist that we can continue to close and continue to do better. Um, while not just dismissing um, works of art or communities or people or, or whatnot on social media entirely, like cancel culture, I think is the antithesis to really making progress. And so I really appreciate the way that Lin-Manuel Miranda was able to be open and to listen. And his response is just different from others that I've seen where people have raised similar types of feedback and they either like, you know, try and like revise their, their website. The, the, the scenario I'm thinking of is um, this company that was created by three white women um, that were creating Mahjong sets. And they basically changed all of the designs on the Mahjong uh, tiles. Oh. They like used hot pink and like what? blues and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. It was wild. Oh, and they man. got a lot of criticism on social media and Facebook and, and uh, Twitter and Instagram. And their, their response was to just try and update the description on their website and like kind of like just hide and uh, try and not address the feedback directly. And I think that's what irks people the most. Um, I think everyone can respect someone who's really in a posture of humility, uh, wanting to learn and to actually do better versus trying to defend or justify or try and hide from um, the feedback. So I just, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda's handling of the entire thing was so elegant and nuanced and really creates a dialogue instead of um, kind of an oppositional type of dynamic. So yes, lots of progress to be made. The way that John Shoes handled this, um, not as graceful. Uh, he's been oh, asked no. about this question in, in interviews and he's basically said like, oh yeah, we like had those conversations, but ultimately we tried to cast the people that were best for the roles, mm. um, which just doesn't it's – it's, again, that, like, defense mechanism versus just listening and trying to acknowledge, like, where there's still room to grow. Um, but, yeah, it's – I think it's also just the whole thing is fascinating to me, the way that even people that come from um, those communities or um, try and represent communities need – collaboration and need feedback from other channels, not just like the isolated group of people. Uh, Cause I think that's where the challenges sometimes lie and the um, stumbling sometimes lie is when you try to represent um, communities that like even your own lived experience is not the full representative uh, way that that community operates, like bringing in more voices and, kind of gut checking and asking for feedback along the way, I think can help avoid some of the stumbling blocks that exist too. Yeah. So the, the, the concept of like collaboration being so key to creating more authentic and inclusive experiences is um, I think a good, good learning from this. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I, I think what fascinates me maybe even more about this particular conversation 
is that we have another remake of West Side Story coming out in, I think, December that's directed (laughs) by Spielberg. And, um, you know, I, I think it's so interesting that this summer we have In the Heights, which as people have expressed, is is not perfect. And there, we still have room to grow. But there was such care taken to make sure that people of color, you know, were, I mean, the main cast. And there's yeah. nary a white person around. Like, there's a few sprinkled in, but mm-hmm. it's not led by white people. And so to, to think about, we have another West Side Story, which has historically been entirely whitewashed from the stage Mm -hmm. to the screen Mm -hmm. we're getting that in December so I just think that that is super interesting and um, I just I wonder I I don't know for me like I don't need another West Side Story like I just I personally don't (laughs) as as great as the musical is like let's have more things like in the heights I don't need another Mm -hmm. one of that but I think that'll be another interesting conversation because it'll be difficult to talk about West Side Story without referencing in the heights Mm. yeah that's so true and and the the other interesting thing that this also raises is that the same it's actually similar in nature conversation that we have around genres which is that like these arbitrary lines drawn around communities are still um oversimplifications of truly like the multifaceted nature of communities um there was similar criticism for Crazy Rich Asians that John Chu faced, which is that it was set in Singapore, but there's so many like uh, different varieties of types of Asian people. That's still just a word assigned to a population of human beings that is so diverse, um, East Asians versus South Asians. Like there's still so many dimensions to all of that. And even within communities that are already oppressed there are still even uh systems of oppression that exist like favoring like light-skinned uh people within a community group over ones that are darker like that's existed in indian cultures it's existed in latin cultures like that the 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 types of of multifaceted mosaics that exist within our human populations just almost can't be drawn with um, lines and barriers the way that we do. I have friends who are, are Indian who also wonder, like whenever we're at work, we have um, talks around um, AAPI um, conversations. They're always like, am I a part of that or not? Like, And, and it's like why these lines create um, structure because that's how we human beings like – try and understand the world around us, but acknowledging that they are oversimplifications. And within these communities, there's still so many dimensions that exist. Um, Just makes for more types of stories that we need to be told on screen. And um, all of those um, subclasses and types of of stories, there's just so many that exist. It's like limitless. It's insane. And there's, there's such richness to these stories yeah. too, which is just, that's, that's what I loved. That's what I loved about In the Heights. Like it was just jam packed with just glorious, rich story. And everybody mm-hmm. had a unique backstory that was, that was interesting and was unique to them. And 
I just, there's such beauty in that. And I love, like, we have such a long way to go. We know this, but I just, I love that we have moments like this where we can just celebrate the beauty of, of these heritages that people bring with them. And like, as a white person, like, my story is boring as hell. Like, I would much rather watch something like In the Heights that is complex and beautiful and messy and a joyous celebration than another like whitewashed thing with about a old white man. Like, no, I don't need that in my life. Please give me all of these other stories because there's just a, a beauty there that we haven't seen enough of. And so mm-hmm. I just, I know that we have a long way to go, but I'm just so pleased that something like In the Heights can exist, especially in the musical theater space, because mm-hmm. musical theater has been so whitewashed for so long. And like the the gatekeepers are, you know, you have to be elite and white and old <laughs> in order to be like a gatekeeper in this world. And and musicals like In the Heights or Hamilton or whatever Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to cook up next are are giving people opportunities to like break through and break these barriers that have been in place for years. And it's just, it's something to be celebrated. There's work to be done, but we can celebrate while we're working. <laughs> exactly. Which is what I loved about his response as well. Like this isn't a yeah. dismissal of the work that was created because I think that um, well, I hope that the type of criticism that something like this exists, that, that this was received doesn't discourage other creators from still pursuing that. And, and just also trusting that like, we will make mistakes and we won't get it perfect, but the pursuit of better is so worth doing. And it's okay for us not to land every single one, uh, well, as long as we're making progress and trying to learn along the way, which is kind of that posture that he's communicated, the desire to learn and to improve and to be better, um, but still celebrate the fact that something was created that didn't exist before and is still, like you mentioned, there's so much beauty that existed in it. Mm-hmm. Which really goes along the lines of of the theme of the film too, you know, like this is this is a a piece of the puzzle. This is one offering and it's going to pave the way for something else. Like even the stage musical in the Heights was revolutionary when, when it first, um, you know, was, was on Broadway and all of this. And that paved the way for, for other creators that paved the way for something like Hamilton. And, and I just, it's, it's those little things and, and these barriers are being broken and more opportunity is being created so that other people can tell their stories in, in rich and new and exciting ways. Um, so it's just, it's just another piece and more people are going to come and they can take this, this further. And mm-hmm. it's just so exciting. Wow. Yeah. What a time yeah. to be alive. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. I had a friend who, um, her family is Puerto Rican and she's just kind of, we were chatting and catching up and she mentioned that she watched this and just, she was like, I was crying through the whole thing because it was so exciting to see all of that on screen and just like little things that, um, rang so true for my family or like dynamics that I see in my family. Just, it was, it really was emotional for her. And I think those are the moments that, 
are just so beautiful and why creating stuff like like in the heights is so worthwhile and we need more stories like that it's so great mm-hmm. yeah we sure do okay any qualms with this film um let me see what other qualms did i have um i think one of my one of my biggest questions oh nope nope big qualm found it remember okay so the the whole the framing of this film is Usnavi sharing the story with a bunch of kids. And I did not like that at all. I thought like eh, it's it's cute for a minute and then I was just like I I mm, I don't need this in my life. And I think it's one of those where probably in theory it works better than it does in actuality because you know, like we've talked about this, this whole theme of, you know, storytelling and passing on legacy and sharing with the next generation and what we build for, for those who come after us. Like it's so baked into the film. I didn't need a physical representation of that as a storytelling device. And so that was just one of the things that really bugged me, especially at the end. I just, I, I didn't need that. I didn't need you know, him being older and everybody coming. Cause you know, if we're years later, I care more about what happened to Nina. I care about what happened to Benny. I care about what happened to Sunny. I don't care about Usnavi and Jennifer and Vanessa and their little child. So it was just one of those, I wish that they would have just kept it in the present rather than having him telling this story and we're cutting between, you know, the present and the past. Yeah, that's fair. We do cut back and forth quite a bit. Like maybe it would have worked better just cutting like half the times that it actually did. Cause there's a lot of cutting back and forth. A lot. And it the whole excessive. time I'm like, when she calls him daddy, I was like, wait, did you just say that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> yeah it was all right I didn't I, I don't think I hated it I didn't have a problem with it as much as you did it just was like okay let's get back to the story now <laughs> that's fair that's fair it was one of those that I'm like hmm, Sarah are you overreacting to this like what <laughs> but yeah I was not feeling that yeah one of the qualms that I had uh was the extra stylized pieces that were added on in, in only some of the scenes. Uh, the two that stood out to me were when the four of the guys are singing in the street and there's these like white streaks um, yeah. that are animated. Yeah. I just found that really distracting. Um, and I just didn't think it added that much. Like I think this it would have been so good just as it was. Like it didn't really need to have all of that extra little stylized animation. And then the other was when uh, Benny and Nina do their like gravity defying choreography <laughs> when they sing like when the yeah. sun goes down or something like that. I can see how that could have worked. It was it reminded me a little bit of that like La La Land final scene where it's supposed to feel fantastical, but I just found it distracting. <laughs> like I'm disoriented. There's so much emotion in this scene because she's about to go away. They're going to be separated. They're singing about their love, but I'm like. 
y'all are doing some Spider-Man things right now. Like, I'm just distracted by all that. So those two moments, I felt like the stylized pieces didn't add anything, and they actually just took away from the moment. They could have just shot it as normal. It would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. The minute that he started like up the wall, I was like, oh, Jen is probably not feeling this right now. She she feels some type <laughs> of way knew. about this scene. <laughs> yep. But I I do I don't know. I I agree and I disagree. Um I don't know. So especially the when they were walking down the street and all of that animation, yeah. Didn't care for that, didn't need it, could have done without it. The I did enjoy them dancing on the building and I think it was just because of how they did it like I loved the creativity of that moment but what I didn't like about it is that it didn't seem to fit with the rest of the film so for me like for that to work there had to have been a lot more you know gravity defying surreal moments like that and there just wasn't anything as off the wall as that was and so I think if the if they had just decided we're not going to do any of that and just made it, you know, for continuity's sake, just the same, uh, that would have been better. Or add in more of those very surreal, creative moments, and then it wouldn't have felt out of place with the rest of the film. So I think that's why I was bothered more than what they were actually doing. Yeah, that makes sense. Or I think they could have made that scene even more fantastical. Like it was mm, kind yeah. of fantastical, but if you're going to do it, just push completely uh, 100% on it and really like lean into the fact that like this is a moment where they're so in love and they're over the moon, but they're also going to be separated. Like there's so much emotion in that that could have been expressed in like some really interesting stylized ways. But go the full 100%, don't do the like 20% thing because it just – you're right. There's no, there's very few other places in the film that are that stylized. So you went 20% of the way and that was the only 20% that ever happened in this movie. It just feels like a big hump in the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. Go big or go home. You know, right? if you're going to do it, be over the top about it. It's a yeah. musical for goodness sakes. Go for Which it. Which made me wonder, like, maybe that would have worked better from a stage perspective to communicate, like, just how much this moment was magical for that couple um but i think that works in a theater setting better than truly a gravity defying moment that's like shot all the colors and everything else is like so realistic um they're just you know turned 90 degrees (laughs) yeah why not like dancing on somebody's window while people are eating dinner like i i appreciated that i thought that that was funny (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah Cool. All right. Any other last thoughts about In the Heights? I I wanted to ask you, um, like the whole time I was watching, I kept comparing this to Do the Right Thing. And did With the heat? Yes. Yep. Yes. The whole time I was just like, oh my gosh, do the right thing. Like, yeah. So yeah. I thought that that was just, I don't know. I don't know if that was intentional, but there were elements throughout where I was like, Oh man, you you pulled some of this from from Spike. And mm-hmm. it's just it's just nice to see an homage to such an important film. Yeah, agreed. I I hope that that's intentional. We're just going to 
in our world, it's yeah, conventional. It is. It was. I a- wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it was too. I mean, because it's it's so similar in in some regards. So mm-hmm. I I would have to think that that John Chu uh, pulled from yeah. it. Yeah, agreed. And I I just love too that you just you see the increasing shininess on everyone's skin as the days pass <laughs> and it gets hotter and hotter. Like that little yeah. detail was so great. Yeah. And I mean, what a perfect time to release this too. When the whole country is going through a heat wave and it's right. It was just nice. Like, oh my gosh, I'm dying of heat too with you. This is excellent. Mm-hmm. We're all in it together. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. The release this, the like early summer release of this was just well done by the marketing team. Yep. They yep. Really they chose well. The right time. Yep. All right. Shall we wrap up? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, this was our review and discussion of In the Heights. You can find it available on HBO Max. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. This podcast is fueled by our passion for stories and connection and is something we continue to do each week solely because we love it. This is our Strategic Whimsy Experiment, and we encourage you to find a way to infuse a little whimsy into your day. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a review letting us know your thoughts about In the Heights and today's episode. You can connect with us on Instagram at Strategic Whimsy Experiment, on Twitter at Strategic Whimsy, or you can always email us at Strategic Whimsy Experiment at gmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss the new Disney animated film, Luca. We hope you all have an amazing week and we will see you very soon.